0: Here's your conservative
1: but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Well, welcome, my friends. Here we are looking in, well, looking in the rearview mirror, I should say, at another week quickly behind us as we hit the ground running on this Friday. Um, I want to talk today. It's uh, mostly the same uh, format. It's always the same format. That's not the right word. But I got a couple of questions or comments and so forth um, that I want to address today. But before, I'm going to try, try. Because, folks, I have to say, I think, and I've I've had this in the back of my head for some time. I've just not come out and, uh, I've just not said it yet. Because I don't like to... I, I think when you make a statement about something that I'm about to say, you better be pretty confident um, because of just the the magnitude of, of everything. And I'm going to make some comments about COVID-19, and I'm going to make comments in particular about... Um, the governmental response, the response of governments to COVID nineteen. By the way, email, and I've gotten some email, um, what questions, and which is one of the things I'm going to try to get to today. And also, um, emails todd at toddhuffshow com, and um, there's also the Huff Hotline. If you want to text, you can text questions. I don't say that enough. I need to do better at that. Or call and leave uh, a message. And if it's good enough, just make it count. As I say, <laughs> 317-455-5250, 317 5250 So, um, but that's, I had some text questions and um, email questions. So that's for that if you want to send something else in. But um, we've been through a lot with COVID-19. And, and I'm not saying that there's still not, Going to be people who have very bad reactions um, to COVID nineteen because that that is still happening. I mean, we've um, that is you know people are still battling in some cases very very dire situations, deadly situations with COVID nineteen. So I'm not making comments about uh, just what the virus is going to do. As I've said from the very beginning and i think i think we've been quite consistent on this i think predicting that is tough we're dealing with a microscopic virus a virus that mutates and changes all sorts of things like that and so it's just important that when you talk about something of this magnitude to especially when you're going to make comments that i don't know that may signal something important that you really think it through. I don't I don't like to make and this I wouldn't say this is an outright prediction, but it's enough in my mind to think that this is the trajectory that we're headed down here and there's a thread of tweets that kind of echo, I mean in more detail and and different points and so forth along the way. Um that tracks with my way of thinking on this. And they were tweeted out by a gentleman by the name of Ezra Levant um, a couple of days ago, late on, I guess that would have been Wednesday, Wednesday night. He's the publisher of Rebel News. He's been following and covering uh, this, this story. with. We're talking about the Canadian uh, trucker rebellion is what he's calling it here, the uh, freedom convoy, whatever else you want to Refer to this thing as, but in a nutshell, <clears throat> I don't want to read. He's got a thread of tweets. I tweeted, retweeted it last yesterday or last night um, because I do think it's important. And I guess, in essence, what I would say is, I I think it's really a fair point in time to ask this question: Have the truckers and have the people who are supporting the truckers broken the will? of the authoritarians now in one sense (laughs) you've heard me say this on here before in one sense the radical left the ultra radical left believes government is God and there's nothing there is literally nothing that is going to separate them from wanting to reign over us right to not be um, representatives or president or whatever to represent the people they want to reign and rule over us. Make Have no doubt about that. So that is never going to go away. But the tactics and strategies of these leftists as it pertains to COVID-19, I think there is a very strong case now that this may be the ultimate dismantling of what we collectively, as people... Um, Around the world, really, and it's di- it's different in different places. You know, I know one of the things my wife and I talk about is is just the differences. You know, what, why hasn't there been an American response like this? And it's there's some bleed over. In fact, in fact, the DHS DHS is warning warning wah, 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 trucker protest that could hit on Super Bowl. Excuse me, the big game on Sunday right and so first of all why is department of homeland security you talk about overhyping this it's the subtle little things that get a lot of people to buy into uh the notion that things are something that they're not and one of those things is dhs dhs has to report on this truckers might do something similar they might protest in our cities they might honk their horns folks they might try to fuel their trucks. They might try to burn firewood. Can you imagine the audacity of these things, right? DHS better look into this. But now there's concerns, concerns from the authoritarians, the statists, the radicals. And in a sense, I think some, um, I don't know, enthusiasm or, I, I don't know what the word is, but positive Response from people that have had enough of this you know what so it's spreading and it's i mean new zealand you can see and and you can see the response if you've seen any of any of the videos in new zealand i mean new zealand isn't messing around here folks i mean they're they're flat out saying we're gonna be a police state as of right now as of right now canada doesn't know what to do right justin trudeau Again, I don't think he's in blackface today, but maybe he is. He he doesn't know how to handle this. Because normally the techniques and tactics and you know the strategy employed by these jokers, it it works a lot of times on folks that don't stand firm. But the thing is when you stand up to a totalitarian, to a, a political bully, and when you're on the side, when you're on the side of freedom and liberty. Things can begin to shift. And I sense that not just in Ottawa, not just in Canada. This this is now a movement, in my estimation, that's got the potential to break to break the will of the authoritarians. Now, there's been two possible endings to, and again, I want to make clear I'm not talking about the end of of the virus itself, that the, the political response and the spread of the virus are two different things. They always have been. Um, no matter what the statists want to believe, no matter what they hope the government can do as far as stopping the spread of this disease, it's really minimal what can happen as far as a government response and, and making drastic differences we've we've seen that right we've seen extraordinary measures being taken and now we see studies coming out from places like Johns Hopkins University that say that the what the the lockdowns had no positive effect on the spread of COVID-19 meaning it didn't have any impact so as to keep it from spreading or what have you so that's where we are and so there's two possible endings to this thing right? Assuming it ends. And that's, that's the first concern. So I guess there's three scenarios. One scenario is that it doesn't end and that it continues to move forward where government gets more control, where people become more insane and how far they're willing to follow the government, how many boosters they're willing to take for the government, how many times they're willing to blame healthy, unvaccinated people for the spread of a virus, all those things. How many times they're told you know, to wear masks and all these sorts of things. There is, that can continue, but it doesn't look like, I mean, we talked about this yesterday or the day before. The political will is not there. So there's politicians on the left now that are stopping these uh, these measures because they know it's not popular with the people. And I, I think it's important to point out that the calculation by the left Is political. They see the election coming up and they say these measures are not popular, so let's stop them. See, in my estimation, if what they've been saying all along is true about masks and the vaccine and so forth, if they really believed it, they were really principled, they would still be saying, hey, folks, our numbers are still high. Yes, they're coming down, but we have more infections now than we had at any other peak. We're just now passing the, you know, dropping below the peaks of. Uh, of previous waves but we're still in that vicinity of of peak numbers before this latest peak which is the omicron variant which just as number of infections go went way way higher than previous uh, previous waves of of the virus and so they looked at it politically they looked at it politically it wasn't a principled decision it was a political calculation people are done with this we better do something about this or we're going to get shellacked even worse in November. So that's how they're looking at it. But there's two possible endings if, if it actually does end. So three, three alternatives. One is it continues going on. The government continues getting power. People continue to blame healthy, unvaccinated people in their communities and so forth for the spread of a virus. And ask the government to do more, to take more control, and to see more insane measures like we've seen in other places around around the world, COVID camps and everything else. I mean, we I half chuckle, but that has been a reality in certain parts of the world that two or three years ago, people would have said, there's no way that would happen in places like fill in the blank, right? So the other two, so that one is the ending that it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't end. The ending is that there's totalitarian government on the other side of it. But as far as this progress, well, regression towards statism goes there's two possible endings one is the one that we've begun to see unfold politically so the radical left sees that their draconian authoritarian policies are not popular they know it's an election here they simply stop promoting them and then they try to win an election now the problem with this alternative is that they haven't really been defeated and humiliated and publicly, just a night. I don't mean physically. Understand? I mean what they've stood for to pay the political consequences. Because if they change their their position on this before an election and they still get shellacked, they'll come up with an another explanation. It wasn't because of this. It was because of something else, right? There'll be some other fall guy. It can't be because it's never. Because of the policies of the left. It's always because they haven't explained them well enough, or you're you and I are too stupid to understand them or whatever nonsense they want to tell us. So that's option one if this thing is to end. It's simply because of the political consequences, they change their messaging and positioning. But the problem is if they are to win if they're somehow to win the election and maintain power, there is no incentive for them to go back and to continue to unwind these policies unless they're still looking ahead to the next election. In fact, they might be tempted to say, let's use this opportunity to further push things to the left. We went through that yesterday. The first year after after an election, they push hard left. The second year after the election, the, the year that there's a midterm election or, uh, you know, we have midterms every two years and then presidential elections every four years, every Every two years, that, that election year, they, they back off and they try to look more moderate and sane um, so that the people who don't pay attention in that first year after the election um, may be hoodwinked into thinking that they're reasonable people running for office in the Democrat Party. So That's, that's possible ending number one. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to get better at keeping this first break closer to the time. So that's, that's the first possible ending to this, and it's already being set up. Okay, the second ending is, I think, the preferred ending. And it is what we are seeing happen in Canada right now. What we have seen boil over in Canada and the government there is facing an opposition and they don't know what to do. They don't. They are out of options and they are taking gas cans and they are taking firewood. And it is only uniting the people more and more and more. And I want to talk about that. The second possible solution end to the government's out of control, totalitarian, authoritarian response to COVID-19. Talk about that on the flip side of this break. So be back here, my friends, in mere moments. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I am your one and only host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. (laughs) friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by Citizens Bank. Citizens-Banking.com is the website, community-focused banking. If you're looking to open an account, look, looking to see what, you know, maybe you're looking for a home, looking at mortgage rates, other loan opportunities and so forth, consider reaching out to Citizens Bank. Lots of branches on the West and southwest, even to the south side of Indianapolis, multiple locations, one even in our hometown of Monrovia, citizens-banking.com, is the website. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So um, I was going through and talking about the two possible endings to the government's response to COVID-19, which has always been The dirty secret, which, of course, you know, and more and more people are learning along the way, is that these things were uh, the government response and the disastrous consequences that response created for average Americans in a multitude of ways. From not being able to get treatment for anything that basically wasn't covid to, I mean, that's not a hundred percent true, but you know what I mean. I mean, there, it was difficult to do anything, and anything that was even remotely considered elective was put off. Lots of tests. There's, there's been studies that have said that, you know, some, uh, the, the death rates from other, maybe more preventable diseases or what have you, has also been impacted and had, you know, going up. Because people couldn't have, you know sought the regular treatments and testing and all these sorts of things that are used to prevent you know, and, and catch these other ailments and so forth. And there's, of course, the economic consequences, the mental health consequences, the state of the economy, and now we're looking at seven, point, is it 7.5 rate of inflation percent? Think about that, highest in 40 years it's all tied to this now it's it's tied to a, a government gone wild as well that government's been running wild for a long time and candidly both parties share some responsibility one the democrat party shares a much 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 higher responsibility but nonetheless there is plenty of blame to go around with that so but we're talking about two different things the the, the end of the virus is not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the end of the havoc and turmoil that's been cast upon the United States by these radicals in government, these authoritarians. And so we talked about two ways that that might end. One, we talked about last segment, which is, hey, the radical left realizes that their response, their authoritarian policies, even though they either won't admit it or don't understand or don't care to understand that their policies and uh, reactions to COVID-19 have been authoritarian. They know that those, whatever they call them, are not popular. And so they just want to not get annihilated in the election. But the problem with that, the problem with that is that they're not held directly responsible. And they can pretend and try to rewrite history, uh, pretend that they didn't actually do the things that they did. Much like how they claim today, no, 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 we're not the party of defund the police. What would give you that idea? (laughs) What on earth would make you think that people in our party said so defund the police. It's actually Republicans that want to defund the police. This is an actual argument, by the way. It's about as stupid as the argument that says, back during the, you know, Lincoln was really a Democrat in today's world. Uh, the party's flipped. That's right. The party's flipped uh, because, because they can't hide anymore. It, it's so obvious that the Democrat Party has been on the wrong side of the issue of race throughout America's history. And a lot of people, a lot of individuals were... But again, who's who's the party that calls Robert Byrd, former, I forget, Grand Cyclops or some stupid thing that they got in the Ku Klux Klan. Um, he, he had a position of leadership. He was a Democrat senator from West Virginia forever. Forever. Friends of Clintons and all this sort of stuff, right? Friends of Bidens. um. That they've been on the wrong side of that, and so by, my point is, just as they rewrite the history on those things, Republicans are the ones who are racist, not the not the Democrat Party. Republicans are the ones they say that once Black Lives Matter, excuse me, uh, that once defund the police, forget about what's true. What can we get people to believe is true? And that's what they try to do. So that's why it's not a preferred way for this to end just for them to lose an election. I want them to lose an election, but I want them to be held accountable. And so there's another possible ending here. And that possible ending is that these truckers hold firm and that people continue to rise up all over the world. They've had enough. We've had enough. We've had enough of policies that don't work. We've had enough of the hypocrisy. We've had enough of politicians like Eric Aquaman Garcetti going maskless, holding his breath, probably breathing through his skin for all we know as to, so as not to spread the virus for a photo op. I mean, the stupid Stacey Abrams, the stupid things we're told by these jokers. People have had enough of it. People have simply had enough of the hypocrisy. And so the other alternative is for people to stand up continue this to continue to spread when other authoritarian measures are used as has been in Canada I don't know if you've seen this or not but police say that you can't bring gasoline in a gas can to truckers so the people in Canada I love this I this my friends is protest don't tell me what these riots that were led by groups during you know the post uh, George Floyd thing were actual uh I'm not saying that there wasn't any legitimate protesting, but I'm talking about the out-of-control riots that are designed to, well, be a pure expression of, of anger or a justification for stealing things and burning down cities and payback and all this sort of stuff, destruction and mayhem and nothing positive on that riot side of that. You compare that to what we're seeing. <laughs> you have people in Canada who have said, you know, it's illegal – to To take gas in a gas can, the truckers. So they're now taking gas cans. If you've noticed, there's people walk hundreds of people walking down the streets. They all have, in many cases, two gas cans, and there's not gas in all the gas cans. And so it's a basically they're overwhelming the police's, you know, the, the law enforcement's response to this. They're saying, okay, it's illegal to, to have gas in this. Everybody get gas cans, as many as you can carry. We'll put gas in some of them and just overwhelm the police. Overwhelm them. Check it. Find the one that's got the gas in it. I, Folks, this, this is what has to happen. This is what has to happen. I've told friends, if you want your mask policies in your schools to end, if that's still a thing, you cannot. I am telling you. I am telling you. If you think that you're going to get a conversation with a school board member, a, a principal, or some official, and get anything besides the runaround at this point, with all due respect, that's that's naive. I'm sorry, that's naive. You've got you've to do what these people in Canada are doing, which is the equivalent of getting people together and saying, look, my kid's not wearing a mask to school. And if he gets sent home, if she gets sent home, I'm sending him back the next day. And you have to just overwhelm the system, because th- this is what this is. Um, what's the phrase? I'm, I'm drawing a. I'm drawing a blank here on the actual. I'll look it up. I'll remember after the break. But this is. Uh, th- this is a, a peaceful form of of noncompliance. I'm just not going to comply with what you're telling us. Our founders understood that the consent of the governed is critical because. What we've done when we formed this great nation, the United States of America, we got together collectively as a people. Our forefathers did, and they said not allowed to use that term, by the way. It's dated, and it's not – I don't know – good to all the other genders out there or whatever the way of looking at that is. But our founders – let's just say that so as not to unnecessarily offend anybody. But the point is our founders said we the people – Are going to tell you in what areas we give you the right the authority to to govern some things you don't tell us what we can do we tell you what we're going to allow you to have areas of authority you know those those areas of authority what we're going to allow you we're going to give you the cons our consent to follow you know to to live within a certain amount of you know a society that's structured, but don't you dare try to start trampling on our rights. And that's they went to great lengths, folks, to enumerate the, you know, this the rights of 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 the people, to limit the powers of the government, to separate powers. They went to great lengths. That's the entire point of our founding document is to is to establish what it is our government can do, which branch does what, and the rights of the people. And they put some of those, not all, but some of those in writing, and, and they and we, they at the time, but we today are in agreement with that. Uh, we should be with that document, and we have said this is what you, this is what we give you permission to do, nothing more, government. And so, so when the consent of the governed is is lost, and that's what we have, we have the lost that the government has lost. Trudeau, whether he knows it or not, he's lost this. He has lost this. This is beyond his ability to control. And unless he's prepared to take to up the ante here and to get crazier and more violent and more draconian, this, he's not, He, I don't think he's still going to, I don't think he's still going to win it if he tries to do that. Folks, he's in a lose lose situation now, and this is spreading. People are encouraged. I mean, I've even heard people who are liberal in Canada who are, I mean, th- this issue, people are uniting around, around these truckers. They've had enough. They've given up two years of their life to complete nonsensical, out of control, authoritarian, totalitarian policies and principles. And it's enough. It's way past enough. And so, truckers hold firm other trucking groups, other farmers. We've got farmers up there. All sorts of groups are coalescing together. And they rise up all around Canada, all around this country, all around the Western Hemisphere, all around the free world as we know it, rising up and saying no. And for these folks, these radical leftists, to be defeated clearly on this issue, clearly and so soundly that not only do these jokers lose elections, but those and other like them are so intimidated to even try to step back into the world of politics that suddenly liberty has a real chance of beating back long-term authoritarianism. And so that is the second option. It's, it's more than just the left loses in November. They get annihilated on this. They beat back. We beat back these insane mandates, these insane rules, these insane dictates, these out of control authoritarian policies and we win. Clearly. Clearly on this issue. Folks, the Biden administration is keeping a distance from Trudeau on this. I'm telling you, this of of all when there's a movement like this, when there's an issue like this in the world of politics, Throughout history, you point to a couple of key events. Sometimes it's one event, sometimes it's a couple, and you point to these. You think of the Boston Tea Party, and there's other events throughout history that you can say this was a critical, symbolic moment, a moment that changes the trajectory, a moment that smacks the authoritarians across the face, metaphorically, of course, and this has the potential for that. It's already been an embarrassment. They can't get this under control, and they are grasping at straws. Stand firm, truckers. I think we should support them. I think things that happen here in, in opposition to other mandates need to happen, whether it's at local schools, what have you. They no longer have our consent when they continue down this path of telling us to shut up, comply, Don't ask questions and all these other things. They're on the losing side of this and they're standing, hanging on, I should say, by a mere thread. This is about to bust loose and maybe you could even make the case it already has. Quick time out, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I actually got a message I referenced this off the top of the program there's something else I referenced to and I referenced um this thread of tweets by Ezra Levant I think that's how he says his last name he's a journalist publisher of rebel news I retweeted it but he he kind of went through um how he thinks this trucker rebellion is going to end and so you can you can. Go to our Twitter feed at Todd Huff Show if you want to read that. I think it's there's a lot of good stuff. It's it's a series of twenty, I don't know, twenty five or twenty six tweets with graphs and videos and statements from um, Jen Saki, <laughs> where she's distancing herself from uh, from Trudeau. Actually, let's just listen to this. I I wasn't planning on playing this at the moment, but. Let's listen to this because I think this is – this this shows, this reinforces the idea that the defense lines of the statists Good have, uh, have been breached.
0: The in Canada uh, last night shut down the Ambassador Bridge, which carries about a quarter of U.S.-Canada trading goods. Um, so what's the administration's response uh, to this action, and what steps are She's being taken to numbers. ensure the free flow of goods and also – Any preventative steps being taken to address a possible blockade on the Michigan side of that bridge? Well, let me first start by saying I know there's been some suggestion, not by reporters necessarily at all, but that Mm -hmm. uh, this congestion is related to the vaccine requirements. It's not. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm saying I'm going to get to the protests, but the protests... Uh, going on across Canada, which uh, have spread to a bridge or leading to sporadic congestion and blockages. I would, just to go back to my point I was trying to make, is that um, across what we've seen with these requirements is across ind- a range of industries, vaccine vaccination requirements have been implemented with no disruptions, have helped increase vaccinations. These requirements help protect more people from COVID. And there's been zero indication across these industries that they would lead to disruptions, including on this policy. Um, we, of course, support, as you know, the, the right to freedom of speech and Hear protest this? um but we and while we do see some of these congestion due to protests, it's clear that these disruptions have broadened in scope beyond the vaccine requirement implementation <laughs> uh we beyond that we are of course in touch with our canadian counterparts mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, but i don't have any updates in terms of specific of course
1: steps you don't you never do so this is this is political speak for saying we well, just want to make sure that you know that this isn't for this isn't against mask uh, or, I'm sorry, vaccine mandates. What are you talking about? It's the premise. The reason everybody's there is because they're tired of the Canadian government trying to force vaccination upon these truckers. That's why these truckers went. That is their stated purpose. This is not confusing. But notice what she did do. She wanted to say, hey, we support the right to protest. Hey, this. So it's not real, they're not really protesting. This per se, but there's a there's not a firm compare this to what you hear in other and another what you see in other places. What do you, what you see with Trudeau ordering? I mean, we got cops taking gasoline and firewood. We've got Gibson go. Was it the city? Oz, the city of Ottawa that's now intercepted or hijacked. I mean, we we really Canada, the, the, the government there is literally acting like a banana republic. They're literally acting like i mean they're acting like cuba or venezuela or the soviet union they're just arbitrarily doing things and i'm it's the truckers aren't backing down the support is growing trudeau is in a heck of a position biden isn't standing and i didn't completely jump back and say the trucker's are right or something or Saki jen, jen Psaki didn't say that but there's a, there's a weakness in the defense. She didn't she didn't go down and say how wrong these truckers were. She didn't make it. She wanted you to think it wasn't about the vaccine mandates, and that's not because so much that they're going to continue to stand by them. It's because they know their fingerprints are all over them, and they want to distance themselves from that before the election. That's why. That's 100%. Everything you see from, from this moment forward, I've been telling you this from the beginning of the year, is all about the midterm elections. Nothing you see that any that the left is doing right now is real. It is an attempt to distance themselves from whatever craziness that they've created. Back in just a minute, my friends. All right, my friends, I want to get to this really quickly. I got this, this uh, message yesterday, and I want to read a part of this because I do think it dovetails nicely with what With what we've been talking about. So someone, um, a listener named Sean, wrote this. That's Where does it start here? He writes, I'm just so torn and frustrated that it truly doesn't matter how or why I vote because personally I will always be voting for part of what I believe and against part of what I believe. So he's basically saying he agrees with both parties, but neither one completely. He's bothered by the tension and the turmoil and – you know, the, the misinformation in the media, a lot of the things I, I share a lot of those. I'm not reading his whole message. just I'm trying to give you context and quickly address this. So he goes on to say, so for me, I just try to do the best I can with how the cookies crumble. My day to day didn't change much when health care was forced down my throat. My price didn't fluctuate much, and I still didn't go to the doctor's office or still don't go to the doctor's office. I didn't notice m- more money in my pocket. When Trump was in office, I'm going to pay for gas whether it's 90 cents a gallon or nine dollars a gallon. So I don't care how much it is. Um, it's not worth getting frustrated about. If I want to spend less on gas, I drive less. I don't get why people go to social media and complain about politics, but actually don't do anything to change it. So I sense the frustration there. But this, I what I want, I wanted to to connect this to the protest because I think I think a lot of people share. A lot of what Sean said, not all of it, uh, but a lot of those frustrations. And I think this moment in time should be tattooed in our memories because we've actually seen, of all the times to feel like this, I think now is the least time that freedom-loving Americans should feel this way because of what this group of truckers, committed truckers, have caused – to basically it should be a beacon of hope, it should be a a form of encouragement to see what we are capable of if we simply if we simply work together and oppose the tyrannical forces of government. I got a lot more I want to say to Sean, um, but I just I don't have time I didn't give myself enough time. I talked more about some of those things than I had expected, so quick time out, my friends come back and wrap up for the week back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. So just the last segment here of, <clears throat> of the week, but I do want to, I do want to point out what's happened here with, um, I mentioned it earlier, but the, what the, on, an Ontario court has frozen access, frozen access to donations that were made via a platform called Give, Send, Go. And by the way, kudos to Give, Send, Go. They have demonstrated for all the world to see which side of this issue they are on. They stand firmly with freedom and freedom of choice. I commend them for that as opposed to the Joker's the Jokers running uh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe if we approve thee, I guess is the full name of what that outfit is. But anyway, they they literally have kept these truckers from getting money. But I'm telling you, they (laughs) they have – this group of truckers and the folks that are supporting them is growing and it is not going away. They can wish this thing away all that they want. But I feel like we've turned a corner here, those of us who love freedom. And I feel like the truckers, this trucker convoy is actually to uh, to credit with that. Super, excuse me, big game this Sunday and all that. So hope you enjoy your weekend, folks. Out of time. Have a great weekend. SDGC to Take care.